welcome. This is the Dating Counselor Podcast, the show that takes you out of the dating game and into a successful relationship. I'm Lonnie Harmon, and I'm a licensed therapist, and I am the Dating Counselor. Thanks for listening. So what does it take to create a successful relationship? Well, that is the question that I am out to answer in teaching you my new class, The Relationship Screening Method. Go over to thedatingcounselor.com, click under Courses, and learn more about this new course that I'm offering on a virtual platform that also comes with weekly live coaching sessions with yours truly. So that's again, go to thedatingcounselor.com, look under courses and look up the relationship screening method so that you can actually apply the method to then begin creating your successful relationship. Hey everybody, welcome to the Building a Successful Relationship podcast. I'm your host, Lonnie Harmon, and guess who I have here? Your very favorite guest and my very favorite guest most importantly the handsome hubs mark Harmon in the house (laughs) (laughs) and i am lucky that he is always in my house (laughs) um speaking of that i think we have spent almost it'll be in march literally 365 days every day together pretty well Right? Yeah. Like we haven't done... This COVID stuff and whatever. We've just been all working from home and in the house every single day. Yeah. So, all together. And, like, I'm super happy. Yeah. I think we had a, a spot, like, maybe May or August. <laughs> little where cabin we, fever. Where we were, <laughs> we're like, like... We have to get out of the house. We need new people to talk to. <laughs> True. <laughs> but, no, I super like him and I'm really glad to have him... So today we wanted to share with you, um, I think kind of an unusual but necessary topic about like what kind of person it takes to be in a healthy, secure relationship. Like what kind of things you need to do as an individual and what things you need to do, like what things you are looking for. Right. Right. Definitely. Um, and, and as a caveat to that, like I was not always this person. I evolved into this person. Um, and not to say that, like, to trash myself or anything, but just to say, like, if you don't, like, if you find yourself not here in this space, get there. Yeah, and people change. People evolve over time, too. It just kind of goes with um, how life kind of works. You just change to and adapt to your environment and your surroundings and things that happen around you. So, throw yeah. kids in the mix and life gets super interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And as far as like people changing, do you feel like sometimes, well, maybe this is just like the anxiety in me that scared me. Cause I was like, no, they have to be the same every day of every month. You know, like mm-hmm. I need them to be con- consistent because I can't marry this unpredictability. No, well, and it just depends on the way that they change though, too. They adapt with the changes to make things work better or if they push against the change, right? So if they're pushing against the change and not trying to work through it together, then obviously that can create a problem. But if you are adapting to the changes to help make life easier on each other, then it makes it easier. It's it's a good thing. So yeah. I think you're just looking for like those core, like morals and values mm-hmm. 
that are going to be consistent over time. But then people have to be able to change and adapt to situations. Otherwise, I mean, flexibility is the key right there. We'll throw out num- number one. Being a healthy and happy relationship requires a little bit of flexibility. You can't be like super rigid in yeah. this is how it has to be all the time because you're not giving anybody else space <laughs> to, to be themselves. Everyone is having to adapt to you. Yeah, and especially that rings so true with kids because they don't care. (laughs) (laughs) They can do whatever they're going to do. And it's just like, especially depending on the kid, right? It's just impossible. So you have to adapt and change like, okay, this uh, just changed my life trajectory for the day. (laughs) Let's try again tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, flexibility is like the key to parenthood for sure. But I feel like as a person, let's go into the dating situation, like... Mm -hmm. Um, you're on a date and things are going to like, they. oh, we're planning to go here, but we're going to go there because things changed. Right? right. You're like, no, I have to go there. We have to be there. Like, and you get really focused in on that, that rigidity basically can kind of like lend the, I'm not happy with you. I'm not happy yeah. with your choices. And I'm going to be so unhappy that I'm going to disrupt our time together. Now, can, do you have to like the change? No. Right. You don't have to be like, everything's magical, and I like all the hard things. You can be like, oh, that sucks. I was really looking forward to this or this yeah. entree from this place. Like, oh, that sucks. But, like, let's see if we can make plan B. Definitely. Yeah, and, and obviously, you're reverting back to our famous examples of H, right? <laughs> oh, my glory. How was your date? It was horrible, but he failed miserably with style. <laughs> Which is exactly how it should go. If you're not having fun on your date, you're doing it wrong. And that's kind of the perfect opportunity. It's like when things are a total disaster, how are you going to handle that? Do you get freaked out and frustrated and angry? Or can you just kind of like, oh, man, this is, I just had a different plan in mind for the day. I'm really sorry. Let's see. And you kind of learn how to like it. laugh through it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Like how many dinners have we been to? And get again, this is with kids. This hasn't. This didn't happen oh, before we had kids. But how many dinners have we been to when something was spilled on your lap? <laughs> Countless. <laughs> I still remember my birthday dinner once upon a time at uh, what was it, Red Lobster? The oh. like full on family. Everybody's there, and one of our kids just decided it was time to go crazy. Yeah. I'm gonna scream. I'm gonna yell, and I'm not gonna stop. I don't care what you do or say. And that ended our. That was it. We I, 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 I said, you can time. stay here at the Red Lobster. I'm going home. Yeah. Have your mom yeah. bring you home. Seriously. But honestly, <laughs> I'm going to tell, I mean, this has nothing to do with the podcast. I do not like Red Lobster. Right. And this was the first time I had ever been in a Red Lobster. So part of me thinks that I subconsciously sabotaged it. I subconsciously hates you. <laughs> and my daughter was just lobster. giving me this because she literally she has never acted out. like that. She just gave me this excuse to be like, Mom, we got to get out of here. <laughs> Too weird. Anyway, so funny. So I walk into the Red Lobster and the lobsters are in the lobby. <laughs> in the tanks. In the, the tanks, tanks swimming around looking at you. <laughs> and it... I was very, that was very off-putting. <laughs> I still love it. You don't get to walk into a steakhouse and the cows up front. <laughs> right? Like, I'm not going to go to Outback and there's going to be like a range in the back with all the cows looking at <laughs> me like right before I walk. <laughs> Bake your steak. Which one do you want us to take now? <laughs> I mean, really, it's like, I like that one in the front. No, no, no. That one. I mean, I get the freshness concept, but that was too, too fresh. <laughs> Especially because we live like in a, like Salt Lake, like this landlocked, like those yeah. poor little lobsters. <laughs> anyway, 
So funny. Back on track. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second. We'll get back on track. Okay, welcome back. I think we've kind of pulled ourselves together. It's always so fun to do a podcast together. <laughs> awesome. So... Item number two that we feel like really helps you be in a healthy, secure relationship is communication. Very much so. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like one of the subtexts to be a good communicator is self-awareness. Definitely. Right. Because when they say, how are you doing? You have to give an honest and accurate response, which means you have to know how you're doing. Yep. And if they say, what do you need? You have to know yourself and you know what you need. You say what you need. Right? So there's step one of knowing yourself and step two of communicating that. Right. And that takes some work, I think. Right? Yeah, definitely. Well, the other side of that, too, is trying to know your partner and how to ask the question. When, how and when to ask the question. You seem like you could use some help. What can I do? How can mm-hmm. I help? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, it seems like things are a little off today. What, what's going on? You know? We'll make it easier. Um, get a mm-hmm. Diet Coke ASAP. <laughs> yeah, he knows that's my go-to. Do you need a beverage? Do you need a Diet Coke? Um, so when we were dating, this was it's a little bit tricky to learn this part at first, right? Like how, how do you communicate well with each other and how do you pick mm-hmm. things up? So I'm going to give you guys a hot tip about what Mark did that I think really um, helped me to be honest with him. First of all, I had made a commitment to be honest. So I have to say, like, that was my job, not his job to make this happen for me. Um, But what he did is he kind of just said, like, hey, I wanted to check in. Right. Or um, tell me more about blah, blah, blah. So if he saw my face doing something, he noticed it. Like he picked up on some of those like body language types of cues or maybe tone of voice cues, which I know is so tricky. But we all know when... um, something has shifted we just don't always want to acknowledge it right right? so if you're like so how's it going and they're like i'm fine you're like oh okay are you sure like you seem like maybe has it been a long day well part of that is trying to read like when you you know because that's the standard response right how's it going i'm fine and then you got to be able to tell that the first upfront answer of the cordial casual i'm fine yeah, you're full of crap. <laughs> What's going on? So, yeah. Time to dig a little deeper. And it's I like, don't, really? yeah, I think like not being afraid to dig a little bit, yeah. right? I think women really love to be drawn out and not in like a attention seeking negative way. I don't, yeah. I don't mean that. But just like we tend to really carry a lot on our shoulders, whether we mean to or we don't mean to. We pick up on the moods and emotions of those around us because we're very intuitive that way. That's kind of how we're mm-hmm. wired. And so when we say we're fine, it's it's most likely true. But if you wanted to dig a little bit, there's probably going to be a little something there and yeah. an opportunity to bond. Yeah, guys need to be responsible for the first, um, how's it going, right? Okay, and maybe need to follow up on that one. But after you, you get one mulligan and that's it. <laughs> after that, if you're like, if the girl's still going, no, I'm fine. No, really, I'm fine. It's, it's okay. I'm fine. At that point, you're fine whether you're fine or not. <laughs> We've asked you. You've responded three times. You're fine. We're going to assume that you're fine and so stop you asking. you have your window of opportunity right <laughs> <Yes>. there, ladies. <laughs> What's the mulligan? What's that? Start over. Try it again. You Is get that a one. thing, mulligan? Yeah, in golf. If you screw up, you I get a mulligan. <laughs> So that's why I use lots of mulligans. <laughs> Try it again. Get another drop. Good luck. 
Would that be in basketball terms? Uh, free throw? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> foul? Yeah. You missed your shot. Try it again. I don't know. Shoot your shot and then yeah. shut up. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway. So, yeah. So... Let's talk a little bit about how you get to know yourself. What do you think it takes to like being being able to say what I want, what I need, how I'm actually feeling? Because a lot of people, I think, get out of tune with that because they're so they're trying so hard to be pleasing and compliant with others around them. Well, part of it depends on your attachment style, right? So, as an avoidant attachment, it's like you have to know that when something isn't working out or you're kind of retreating a little bit to realize, Hey, I maybe need to communicate a little bit better or a little bit more like, yeah, this isn't working for me. This is what's going on. Yeah. I'm upset about it. This is what's happening to be able to communicate through the, the distance, I guess you would say, mm-hmm. but that's part of it is knowing yourself well enough to know that. Mm-hmm. So same thing, I think with the uh, anxious attachment people that are like, we need to get this done right now. What's going on? How can we do it? Like, that feels like a blast sometimes. And it's like, okay, I get that you're upset. Let's take it down a notch and talk. <laughs> what do you think? Mm-hmm. So, but just really kind of having to know that that's what it's going to take to get through some issues. Mm-hmm. Well said. I, I like how you bring the attachments in because I think that a lot of our listeners are in tune with that. I have to say that lately, so I've been doing this book club, and it's the most fun thing. And we're, we're, we're reading Attached, and it's mm-hmm. super great. And so amazing to me to communicate with so many people in the language of attachment. Like, I'm such a nerd. But when they're like, well, my avoidance comes out, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I love you because you use the right terminology. Because you are not your attachment style. Right. Remember that. You are not your attachment style. That's just something that happens under stress. And I think part of knowing yourself is kind of knowing, like, oh, I have a tendency to want to avoid and shut down. Mm -hmm. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to do the hard thing, take a deep breath and say, I need to talk about this. Give me some time to think about what I want to say, but I will come back in a relatively appropriate amount of time Mm. and we will communicate. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And it's hard to be able to come to awareness to do that. But then that the other thing, I guess, with self-awareness is knowing your attempts to consider yourself not worthy Mm -hmm. or not deserving of. Yeah. So sometimes we don't communicate because we think... They don't, they're not going to care what I have to say. What I have to say is stupid. They, I don't, it's not worth it. It's not a big deal. Like this is just something that I need to get over myself. Right. And so we're just going to kind of keep that inside, but yet it's making it so us so that we don't want to talk. We don't want to engage. We're not having a fun evening. Mm-hmm. Right. So maybe we're in our head about something completely unrelated to spending time with each other. And it takes some self-awareness to be able to say like, this is bothering me and I matter. Mm-hmm. And they're here, and maybe they do or don't care. Maybe I don't care about that right now. Obviously, right. when you're with your Depending. your person, like they're going to care. Yeah. But you just test the waters and you go for it because you matter. Mm-hmm. And that is where some of that substance comes in for attachment because you're going to be real and authentic with what's going on with you at the time and allow someone in to just like soothe you or give you perspective or both. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I want to say, like, this episode of the podcast brought to you by The Bachelor, where we actually just witnessed that. Yes, you guys. Which is why oh, we're talking about my it. my gosh. I feel like I might rewind it and record it. That's not a bad idea, because, yeah, okay. he was, like, nailing it. What, yeah, how to, Matt how to James. Communicate and, 
is he's good. the man he right now. I mean, awesome. we're two episodes in. Yeah, but still, he's uh, challenging girls. Hey, I challenge you to be upfront and honest and kind of own who you are. Mm-hmm. And in return, he says, what can I help you with? How can I help you yes. to do that? Okay, we're going to so pause. Supportive. I'm going to record it. Cool. Okay? So good. Okay, welcome back. I wanted to share with you this little line from Matt James' Bachelor, week two. He is on a date with a super, super cute girl, and they um, are at their dinner, and she's just been really vulnerable with him. He encouraged her to open up, and she was brave, and she told him about her dad, who has ALS, and that she had quit her job to go home and like help take care of him. And he listened really well to this story. And then I want you to hear what he says to her. I don't know how I can express how honored I am that you are out here with me. Knowing the sacrifice that you've made to be here. And being strong for your dad, being strong for your family are the qualities that I'm looking for in a woman. And... I want to pose a question to you. What can I do throughout this experience to uh, show you that I could be someone that you'd want to be with? That's, wow, oh my gosh. Okay, that's it right there. What could I do throughout this experience to show you that I am someone that you might want to be with? So this is so unique because as The Bachelor, it's usually like... Oh my gosh, which one of these amazing women do I want to pick? They all want me. They all want me. And he's not walking into this date assuming, like, that this woman is going to want to be with him. He's saying, like, what can I do to show you that you might want to be with me? And my favorite is the expression on her face after he says that. She's like, whoa. Uh, like, I, I, whoa. Uh, whoa. And she just kind of has to take a second to like digest that. And I just love that he thought about her. What's her experience going to be like? It's not just about him. Because so often when it comes to dating, we're just so wrapped up in our own experience, right? I want you to go into the dating experience going like, I want to know if I like them. Yes. I don't want you to be so worried that they like you because that just gets in your head. But I also want you to think about like, what kind of experience they're having with you? right? And how are you making them feel heard and safe and comfortable with their vulnerability, right? It's like such a big deal. Okay, so that was a perfect setup because that is one of the things that guys fall into quite a bit is not necessarily offering support and help to like, how can I help you develop this relationship? So it was amazing to see that, especially because a lot of a lot of the guys on the bachelor, and you kind of tell like some of the worst bachelors they've had have done just the opposite, right? They're like, hey, it's all about me, and this is what I care about, and you have to measure up to my standards, yada yada yada. And he's the first one that we've seen so far that's really said, hey, this is what we want to do. Um, is I I want to be a part of this as a partnership and help support you. So how can I do that to help this process go easier for you? So it was okay. impressive. So was really the good. very first sentence you said mm-hmm. was, "Guys don't often do this." Mm-hmm. Enlighten well, me. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know why. Maybe it's just something that they're think they're not necessarily thinking about, especially. I mean, in this scenario, he's been on a couple dates, so it's not quite as bad. But yeah. 
um, as the relationship is going. For some reason, guys tend to kind of get in their own head and think about what they're doing and kind of be like, well, do I really like her? Do I really not like her? Not necessarily, hey, how can I help her to create a relationship where we'll both be happy? So this is just, I think, where relationships get so off course. Mm -hmm. It's like... Who's going to show their cards first? Like, And I think what, what happens here is that we need to make sure that people understand that relationships happen when both of you just try to help each other. Like when you look at your own experience and see like genuinely checking in, how am I feeling? But then also think about like... Well, tying that together with What this experience are they at. having with me? Exactly. Now where are they at? And how can I help foster a better communication and mm-hmm. a better relationship? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we don't often get a lot of time to record <laughs> and currently we're having breakfast with our 18 Not month old, old yeah. and she is hysterical. So <laughs> sorry that we're laughing, but she's, she's attempting to eat a bowl of cereal um, with a spoon for the first time. It's pretty funny. It's pretty cute. <laughs> and she's going to drink the whole bowl. <laughs> Oh my glory, she's cute. Having kids is fun. <laughs> what? Let's let's go there because I mean, a lot of people are looking for that that family life. Mm-hmm. Not everybody, but like, what makes a man want a family life? That's a big question. I get that. <laughs> I mean, I I can answer that potentially for women, and mm-hmm. I think that some parts of it are like biologically driven. Um, but then also, I think people just they want that connection for life they want to be able to have the challenges that come with parenting and um they just want to be able to grow yeah definitely i don't know it's kind of interesting because i I think when when guys talk to each other too about dating and different experiences one of the things that does not come up is like oh yeah i can't wait to be a great dad necessarily right that's pretty well you you said that with your guy friends when you're talking to your guys yeah Yeah, that doesn't happen i think sometimes they do that's pretty rare, but um, yeah, it's m- more about different type of relationship or how's it going, different things like that, right? But I don't know. Really, what... that was one of the things I was looking for when I was dating. That was like someone who wanted the same things I wanted mm-hmm. because I wanted to, you know, be a soccer mom and mm-hmm. do yard work and you know have a family life, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Definitely, and I think that's something that eventually. I mean, it's kind of interesting because I know people who different guys that's like oh well i'm dating this girl but i don't know if she can have kids and up front oh that's no big deal we don't care whatever but then the longer you go on about it the more you're like you know what i'd really like to have you know a son or a daughter that i can pass on my information to like you know help raise them to know the things necessarily that, know that they whatever. have to come so, biologically right exactly well yeah like i said just have a son or a daughter that they can pass things on to in any any way so Later Do you have something you want to say about that, huh, baby? You say hi? Hi. Okay. Um, so let's go, let's move on the um, topic of like, what are some more things that people do when they're a secure partner? Um, and we can further use the examples founded in episode two of The Bachelor because <laughs> there were a lot of things that were being done to describe an unsecure partner. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, not particularly at this point, but definitely like a secure attachment is somebody that's going to check in, somebody that realizes when they're having tendencies to want to pull away or over anxiously trying to be like, I need, I need you to reassure me that this relationship's okay all the time. In fact, that one I think we saw with what's her name, Queen. Yes, it was the like, Queen girl. I don't remember was, her name either. She yeah. just calls her Queen. Yeah, but she was definitely like, "Well, I need to do this. I need the attention. I need to be with this guy. I need to make sure that he knows that I'm here." And it it did not go well for her. <laughs> yeah, there's this thing in the Bachelor world where they want to think they they try to make it fair. It's not fair. It's just <laughs> the nature of the beast. But if someone gets more time with them. With the bachelor, then they get upset at each other. Well, especially at the uh, expense of others who are trying to get that mm-hmm. same time, right? So somebody's interrupting. Like, I need to talk to you, and it's about something super trivial or trivial or something that is non-existent altogether, and just mm-hmm. trying to like create drama. But anyway. So I think this can apply to the stages of dating in like an interesting way, actually. So. What this queen girl, she's wanting excessive reassurance, right? Which is hard to get when you don't, you know, have time. And I think for me, like when I was having that anxious attachment system, like I wanted a little bit more reassurance at some times Mm -hmm. because being vulnerable is scary. And sometimes it makes me want to behave in ways where I'm like, maybe you're going to text more or check in more. And like, you'd be at work. Let's do the one classic time story do you remember that story of when you were at work and i kept texting (laughs) yeah we'd been dating a while a little bit um like this was a while in and we had plans for the evening that were kind of shifting and changing around and i was coordinating it with my parents Mm -hmm. who were wanting because we were going to go double date with them to the motab christmas i think is what it was yeah well, part of the issue, too, was the nature of my job was to be, at that time, was just, I was on the phone all the time, like, all the time. So, I had to concentrate on what I was doing, talking to people. So, I'm talking to people, and my phone's ringing, and I'm trying to talk to people, and my phone rings again, and I get a text, and I get a phone call, and I get a, and I'm like, how on earth do you have time to do this during the day, during your job, while I'm working? And what, one, what happened mm-hmm. is that I was working a little farther away from home, and so I had taken that last hour of work off. So, I did have time. And I was trying to arrange, like, when we were going to meet up and what we were going to do. And um, I should have coordinated a plan earlier, but I think things were just changing. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, not able to get back with me. And for whatever reason, it didn't normally do this, but for whatever reason, that triggered something inside of me, like, oh, my gosh, we're not okay. And so I have to hear from you right away. Yeah, and so that's kind of what ended up happening a little bit was, it's like, but everything's okay, right? But but this is going to work, right? But this is how it's going to go, right? And I was just like, finally, I was just kind of tired of it. And I think I just stopped answering the phone until I got home, which was probably a couple hours later, I believe. Yeah. But, and, and then I just was like, look, I'm kind of done. Like, I don't know that I can keep doing this to be there and to reassuring and yes, and everything's okay and all the time. And so as far as relationships goes, it was kind of, kind of burned me out. And especially with my attachment style, which is um, avoidant, that's what I did was kind of back off and back away. And like, I don't know if I want to continue this. Um, I don't know, you know, how things should work. So that created some some significant problems. Yeah, we had to work through that. But that was kind of what led us to doing therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've said that before, but we'll say it again. 
when you have a lot of really good secure things happening, but then you get into these anxious avoidant traps, um, I think sometimes getting that neutral third party is the way that you work through that. And it can be kind of scary because it feels a little bit like, oh my gosh, if we need therapy now, we're never going to make it. But that wasn't the case. Like for us, it was that we know that we needed therapy to just iron things out because it was, we were so close to being so good. And so it's not so much like, oh, we have like these major things. It's just, we're trying to work out some communication details. Um, so we'll be right back and we're, I'm super excited to dive in a little bit more about what makes a secure attachment work. Okay. Welcome back. Um, <laughs> I want to use a, a, like a couple of cues or key words, I mean, for what it means to be secure, okay? Or like what you're striving to be. Reliable, consistent, trustworthy, and attuned to emotional and physical cues, okay? <laughs> so reliable, I feel like it's pretty straightforward. You say what you mean and mean what you say. <laughs> Show up on time. Well, when you say you're going to do something, you do it. You don't just leave people hanging on things. And yeah, you mm -hmm. just, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And consistent, um, I think it's just the same thing. Like there's a predictability that comes when you know you're going to be in touch with someone. Right. And you, so. You just don't spontaneously find out. Oh yeah. He took off with his buddies to Mexico for a, a month. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're like, what? no heads up here? Mm -hmm. So, oh no, but our relationship's still fine. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just being kind of there consistently checking in. Mm -hmm. um, I was talking about this in book club the other day mm -hmm. about secure attachment and how there's an opportunity for three key checkpoints through the, throughout the day. And one of my avoidance was like, that seems like a lot of talking. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a morning, midday, and evening. How was your night? Yep. How's your day going? How did your day go? Mm -hmm. Right? And I think that that feels like a lot because there's an assumption that it's going to take a lot of time and you're going to be chatting quite a, quite a lot mm -hmm. during those check-ins. Right? Yeah, it, it depends on <laughs> your uh, preconceived notions of what that means, right? <clears throat> is that a phone call in the morning, you know, like a conversation in the morning to check in and make sure everything's fine and rehash everything in the last three months? Or is it just a <laughs> check-in, right? Like, hey, how'd you sleep? Everything good? Get ready to go today? Whatever, you know? Just yeah. kind of a quick check-in. So, yeah, if you're expecting, like, I'm going to get bombarded, <laughs> yeah, yeah. might be a little, like, off-putting. Be like... Oh my gosh, that seems like a lot to do. That's pretty high maintenance. It's really not. It's really not. And then the midday check-in too is, is literally just like, how's your day going? Mm -hmm. And what that does is it kind of alleviates the pressure of having to stay in touch all day long. Although you can. I mean, mm -hmm. if you have the time Different and your events. work schedules yeah. and stuff. Or yeah, if there's things going on that you need to talk about. But it's really just like, how's your day going? And it's not an opportunity to like, I mean, maybe you're going to problem solve a little bit if you need to as you plan for the evening or something. But mm -hmm. it's kind of like a vent check-in, like, oh my gosh, this was awesome or this was hard. Right. And it's not like, okay, well, you should fix this and this. It's just like, cool, good for you. Or yeah. I'm sorry, that was so hard. Anything mm -hmm. I could do to help. Right? Exactly. It's not like a... doesn't have to be a full rundown of what you've been doing for the last four hours, detail by detail. <laughs> so That would be exhausting. Yeah. Which is why I'm sure the guy was like, that's a lot of communicating. You're right. <laughs> um, 
So that kind of goes into that attuned thing. So that's mm-hmm. a word that is used in parenting circles quite a lot. When you're attuned to your child, basically, you're on the wavelength where you can hear and understand what they are and they are not saying, picking up on their verbal and nonverbal cues, right? As well as some, mm-hmm. you know, reading between the lines of like, oh, I don't think they've slept very well, or oh, I don't think that they've had enough water or food or something to help them to regulate or they're really nervous because this is a new activity and so I want to help be there for them Mm -hmm. and teach them some emotional regulation skills right so in the dating process you're trying to learn how to be in tuned with your partner excuse me attuned although Mm -hmm. I I think those words are a little bit interchangeable so it's really um important to define this and this is something that I think as Mark and I are talking like we're kind of struggling with figuring out like how do you explain these little nuances <laughs> yeah. of physical and and physical communication that happens like through through body language and stuff as well as nonverbal cues? Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of it has to do with how something is presented. So when you have information you're presenting to your significant other, you have a pretty good idea of what their reaction will typically be, right? And when their reaction doesn't match up with what you think it probably will be, that's when you kind of think, okay, so something else is going on, which is when you need to ask another question. Like, Oh my gosh, perfect. When their reaction yeah. doesn't match what you expect mm-hmm. that they would normally be. Yeah. And that bleeds into the magic, okay? <laughs> the magic thing that makes secure thing people secure is they give their partner and those around them, really, this thing called unconditional positive regard. Which means I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to mm-hmm. believe that you have good intent. Mm-hmm. So that if you're, if I've said, how's your day going? And suddenly you start yelling at me, I'm going to guess it's not about me. Right. But I'm also not going to appreciate that you're yelling at me. Yeah. So I might mm-hmm. use that attunement and say, are you really mad at me or what's <laughs> going on? Yeah. Or tell me what's going on with your situation. Tell me a little bit more about that. It sounds like you're frustrated. What's going on? Mm -hmm. What's up? Yeah. And that magic right there is where it de-escalates a fight Mm -hmm. rather than coming at them and and matching where their emotions at and saying like, oh, well, if you're going to yell at me, then I'm going to yell at you because I don't deserve that. Mm -hmm. It's saying like, huh, I'm going to read between the lines and see that this isn't about me. Right. And I'm not going to take it personally. I'm going to believe that you aren't trying to hurt me and I'm going to de-escalate. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I know you're not mad at me because otherwise you would have said something or something would have happened previously. Mm-hmm. So that's, and as long as you have good communication, that's pretty, it makes it much easier to read between the lines to realize, okay, so something's happening that's not a good thing, but we're trying to figure out what that is. And then offer options, right? Like, oh, I'm sorry, that sucks. You know, either just verbal consolation of, hey, how can I help? You know, or ah, how can I help, I guess, but. Um, and depending on the case, yes, at least, you know, verbal consolation in that you say, oh, that must really be hard. I'm really sorry about that. That sucks. And then continuing on with that, if there's an opportunity to say, Hey, how can I help? Then there might be an opportunity there as well to say, okay, let me do this to make your life a little bit easier going forward since you had a hard day at work or a hard day at home with the kids or whatever. That's why he (laughs) is the best. (laughs) We bring you dinner. Let me set yeah. something up. Let me take the kids out for whatever, so you can either finish working or just decompress or 
watch The Bachelor without interruption. Or for, you could watch it with me. There we go. Take the kids to the, the most fun. <laughs> So I want to deviate from topic as we close here. And I just want you to like tell us about how you get game. Because I know that we've talked about that in other episodes. But I just feel like it's worth always talking about like what makes what makes a guy um, a catch. Like, why does she want to be with him? Here. All right. And there's a couple of different things that I would say are pretty significant there. One of them is be confident in yourself. I mean, it's one thing if you're a shy person, but there are things about your personality, about things that you like to do that you're confident in. Make those your strong suits. Uh, you can look at most different relationships, most people that are trying, that are dating and doing whatever, and if somebody is always timid, it's really, really hard to be like, oh, hey, I want to go hang out with that person. But if there's an opportunity to where you can put yourself in an environment that you're comfortable with and confident in, then suddenly you're like, especially when you're with your significant other opportunities there, other girls, whatever that situation is, then you can present yourself forward and say, hey, like, oh, yeah, let me show you how to do this. Oh, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, let's try this. Oh, you're, you're getting pretty good at this, you know, whatever. But that's the first step is to present to be confident in yourself with you what you can get do. there. Well, and that's, that's the thing is you have to try to figure out what it is that you're confident in. Like right. What you're good at. Yeah. What you're good at, what you like to do, where you have experience. Right. So, I mean, the, the most typical thing is going to be like sports, right? Guys are like, Oh yeah, watch this. I can dunk a basketball. Oh, watch me hit this ball out of the park. Oh, watch me throw a hundred yard football pass or something like that. So that's it is kind of sexy. pretty calm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, that's, that's great. But at the same time, there's other possibilities too. Like maybe you're a gamer, dude, watch me kill this level on whatever, or go ahead and take out everybody else and you know take a victory or i don't know whatever it is that you're into that's going to be your first step of hey i need to look at who's around me when i'm in my element um girls that are interested in that to be able to or, or even like they haven't ever done that before but you're bringing them with you saying so, hey can i interrupt really let quick? me teach you this yeah go ahead one of the things that i think you're good at is planning dates um and so that I think was where one of the ways that you led with confidence is that you're like, I feel like I can plan something that she's going to have a good time. And if not, like he was good at checking in and being like, do you need anything? Are you comfortable? Is this fun? And that that was a strength that was mm-hmm. confident. So that's the second thing I was going to say is um, checking like how the other person's doing, kind of checking in because you can also just submarine a date if you're completely out of your element right if you're not familiar with what's happening on a date and there's two ways to handle this one is this has completely gone wrong and it's just a mess and you fall apart and then you kind of look bad in front of your date anyway and it's just unsalvageable but um uh, sometimes that can be endearing <laughs> yeah it's a good possibility but at this, the other side of that is just rolling with the punches like, oh, wow, well, I had this planned out. This is not going to work. But, hey, there's this other thing that's over here or we could try this or there's this park over here or I know this movie's playing at the Dollar Theater or um, one of the things that I think um, guys don't take advantage of enough, especially when they're dating somebody that they're really interested in when they really want to advance a relationship is going shopping for clothes. <laughs> and grooming style, right? Like totally. a haircut, 
go to the barber and be like, hey, so what do you think would look good if I trim this down? If I, should I grow my beard out? Do you like the mountain man look or is homeless a bad thing for you? <laughs> right? That's so true. <laughs> because, I mean, it gives you the opportunity because most guys, I'm guessing, probably don't necessarily care that much. There are a few that are like, no, I got to look on point all the time. This is my style. If that's you, you probably don't have an issue here to begin with and the girls that you're interested in like your style as it is. But there are guys that are just like, man, whatever. And so to be able to go on a date with a girl and say, hey, how do you think these jeans look? What do you think about this shirt? Um, what do you think about this haircut style? What do you, how do you like my beard? Whatever. So obviously this is like at least a couple dates in. But that gives you an opportunity to um, interact on a level that's a little bit more personal. So she feels like she has a little bit of a hand in what you look like. She'll be happy with the way you look, and you'll be happy that you're creating a better relationship. So yeah. there's some really significant like things that happen that way. And then also Do you know what's so funny is I never would have thought of that as being so good, but I think it's really women good. sometimes grow an attraction to you when you kind of attune to their style and what they like. And so you kind of asking for feedback about, I don't know, a haircut or something grooming it could really be a good Mm -hmm. A good turning point. Yeah. So I think that's awesome. And then um, a couple things that, that make a lot of sense. Like, I there's a couple lines in some different movies that I really think are awesome. One of them is Finding Forrester when he's talking to um, his mentor about this girl that he likes. And he says, an unexpected gift at an unexpected time is like the way to her heart, essentially. Which I love because I cannot tell you how well that works as far as creating relationship opportunities. And mm-hmm. and just even in general daily life, like when I come home with roses for Lonnie because it's Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. <laughs> it helps yeah. keep our relationship going and, and things like that. So that's one of them. The other one is, is Hitch. Where he's talking about, you know, look, pay attention. Like, you know, listen, pay attention. Your job is to pay attention to the person that you're dating. Learn things about them. What do they like? What do they not like? What are their cues that tell you, hey, we need to go get some food. Hey, we need to um, get out of a stressful situation. Maybe they're not a people person and you're going to some uh, event where there's tons of people. Like, okay, time to check out of this. It's not going to work. Or vice versa. Like, hey, you're hiking in the nether realms or whatever right and they're like okay this is like i'm about to fall asleep here it's just very very quiet like all right maybe we need to find a place where there's some more people more interactions it's what type of personality do you like and what type of personality cues are they giving off for you to follow up on Mm -hmm. there you go the man with the plan (laughs) right there my hubs uh i hope you guys have enjoyed this uh little look into what we feel like makes a secure attachment uh side note like we know that it's important for you to figure out what works for you and so like jump in and figure out what what feels right for you and what like areas of improvement that you need to do and the people that speak to you you know and areas that you feel like you need to go uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks with another episode of the Building a Successful Relationship podcast. And we wish you a good day. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Dating Counselor podcast. 
where I help you build a successful relationship. It would mean so much to me if you could rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast so that we can change the way dating is happening and everybody can have a successful experience. If you do, please send me a screenshot. I would love to see your review and share it on my social media. Thanks so much for listening. Have a good one. Peace and blessings. This podcast and the social media associated with it represents the opinions of Lonnie K. Harmon, LCSW, and her guests to the show. The content here is intended to be psychoeducational and should not be taken as specific mental health advice. The content here is for informational and educational purposes only, and because each person is so unique, please consult your mental health professional for any mental health questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and social media are her own and that of her guests to the show. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. Privacy is of, is of utmost importance to us. All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect client confidentiality. This podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with our content establish a therapist-client relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast, please send a message to Lonnie at Lonnie at MillCreek-Counseling.com. That's Lonnie, L-O-N-I, at MillCreek-Counseling.com.